Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F dot com. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Still paying hundreds of dollars for prescription glasses? Let's change that. At Zenni.com, our factory direct model means no middlemen or outrageous markups. Just the same quality frames and lens options as the other guys for one-tenth the price. Zenni offers prescription glasses starting at $6.95, as well as affordable sunglasses, blue blockers, and more. The best part? Try any frame, anywhere, with our 3D virtual try-on. Visit Zenni.com today and change the way you buy glasses forever. Winged Nation presents, presented by Driving DRF Racing Oils. Brad Sweet, the big cat, the current World of Outlaw champion. Now, of course, he is also a winner of the Knoxville Nationals doing that last year in 2018. What a story Brad Sweet has coming through the ranks his dance with NASCAR, and then back to sprint car racing. Earlier this season, at the Jackson Nationals, Aaron Evernham caught up with the big cat, Brad Sweet. With thousands of laps long, Dryden's DRF Racing Oils were built and proven on the track. And now they're ready for your race engine. DRF is engineered exclusively for high-horsepower racing engines that require maximum performance against the toughest competition. And DRF Racing and Break-In Oils are built with competition-grade ZDVP to protect critical engine components while boasting improved torque and horsepower and superior temperature reduction. To get DRF in your engine, go to drfracing.com or call 1-877-DRY-D. And now here's Aaron and Brad. Hey, Wing Nation, Aaron Evernham here, sitting down talking with Brad Sweet today. Um, Brad, we're just going to kind of give a full in-depth interview, go back to the, your roots. You were uh, born and raised in California. Tell us a little bit about your early years. I started um, in outlaw carts uh, when I was eight years old. Um, family went to the races. We went to sprint car races. My dad was a mechanic, and, uh, you know, we just kind of a family thing. We're, we loved going. Uh, no, None of my relatives really raced, but, um, you know, just kind of grew up around, you know, watching NARC 410, racing in California and going to the Gold Cup, things like that, and then uh, started racing outlaw carts when I was eight and just kind of progressed from there. Um, got in a sprint car when I was 17 and then uh, moved to Indiana when I was 19, raced some non-wing stuff, raced USAC for a little while, uh, did some trucks and Xfinity cars, and then I uh, kind of definitely found my home, um, you know, here running with the World of Outlaws. Now let's go back to the beginning a little bit. Do you remember the first time you, you raced a car? Uh, sprint car, yeah, first time I raced a sprint car or first time I raced a car? A car, like a car, um, anything. 
I just remember, I don't know if I remember the exact first time. I think I do. Um, but I just remember there was the first, you know, couple times that, that I finally got to get in. The, I was just so antsy to get in. My brother got to get in before me. And um, I just, like, I just wanted to so bad. So um, I remember finally getting to and then, um, you know, then finally being, like, competitive. And were you good when you were racing when you were uh, I think or? the first time I got in, I was pretty slow, but I literally hadn't driven anything. Um, and then I think it was pretty quick. I started being pretty competitive. And then I think it was, you know, it was very competitive. Like when I first started racing outlaw cars, there was just three classes. There was box stocks, 125s, and 500s. Now they have more, you know, beginner box stocks, stuff like that, yeah. more introductory classes. Well, I just was going against the older kids right out of the gate, and it took me a year or so, and then I actually started winning races. Now, what, was there a certain point in when you were younger? I know you said the first time you got in a sprint car when you were 17, but was there a point where you were like, this this is it, this is what I want to do, I don't care about anything <laughs> oh. else, I just want to race? Yeah, I mean, I think that was just how I was from uh, basically getting in the outlaw cart. I never thought about school or college or, you know, anything, but it was just... Did you play was, any other sports? Or? I, I, did, I was into sports. Um, I wrestled in high school, and I really... Wrestling is probably my second, you know, favorite sport. Um, Which can come in handy when you're racing. Yeah, I think it was a good... Definitely a good sport. It teaches you a lot of discipline and, and things, and you have to work hard, and, you know, there's a lot of things that I liked about it. Um, you know, I always have followed football or basketball, but being small wasn't necessarily the, you know, ideal situation in high school to, to play those sports. So uh, my focus was always kind of on racing. And, um, you know, every weekend when the kids would be going to parties or do what they do on the weekends, I was, you know, going to either race my go-kart or, you know, as I got older, going to watch sprint car races or just whatever I could do that was involved in racing. And literally that was all I thought about. I think one of the first times I met you was at a California track, and I, I don't, for some reason I remember this, I think your mom brought you to the race, you had your own car maybe, I don't know, but racing's not a, a cheap sport, how did you make it work when you were younger, or your family, like did you have sponsors, how did, how did you get yourself into sprint cars in the beginning? I've been very fortunate, um, you know, just to kind of uh, skim by, but um, you know, my family didn't have like a ton of money, um, you know, they, they more than sacrificed for me, but um, you know, it wasn't necessarily, you know, just buying a bunch of race cars and parts. Um, you know, my dad was very handy, uh, was able to build my go-karts. Like, we, we would run a complete, we ran our own homemade carts versus, you know, all the factory carts. So, you know, that was cool for us. My dad obviously put a lot of ton of work into it, time and effort. And so um, we would go racing and, and do well. And then, um, you know, as I got a little older, there was some interest from, you know, car owners and and you know, people helped us quite a bit along the way and um, honestly just got some lucky breaks. And, um, you know, once I was able to kind of get, you know, a little more established and, and started getting phone calls from, you know, uh, Keith Coons or, you know, yeah. then Casey, um, obviously, that's when I was finally able to kind of break through and, and get in that type of equipment that could that could win races. Now, you have a brother and a sister, correct? Yeah. Now, did either, you said your brother raced? My brother is a half-brother. He's older than me. Um, he's a lot bigger than me. He's probably like 6'3". Uh, <laughs> so he was into the football and the basketball. Gotcha. So he tried to race, and his interest was more in, into the stick-and-ball sports. Um, he's still a big supporter and, and comes and watches whenever he can. And then, obviously, my sister, um, she probably would have liked to race. But uh, I think my dad just was so focused on, on me racing. I don't, I don't know if she really showed interest in racing or not, but she claims that she did. So <laughs> hard to say if, uh, 
you know, if she would have got to race or not. But she's you know, obviously still heavily involved in racing. Yeah, absolutely. So when did that big break come that you you moved to Indy, right, and started racing in USAC? Was that Keith Coons or was it Casey? How'd that happen? So actually, I just moved to Indiana when I was 19, and we had a, just like a little family car. And I just, okay. me and a friend towed it back there just to kind of race weekly to try to, you know, get our name out there. And um, luckily, I started getting, you know, some rides from some different local car owners. Uh, actually, Bernie from Indy Race Parts, I drove his car a couple times. I actually tore his car up. <laughs> I feel pretty bad about that. But I was 19. I was learning. You know, I really didn't have very much experience. But I knew if I wanted to, you know, make it anywhere that I needed to leave California and go try to, to be a racer. You know, I didn't really have anything to lose you know everything to gain by just going and trying and uh just kind of i think i opened some eyes that year and and then was able to kind of get a ride with jack yaley and jj mm-hmm. yaley in 2006 and that was a little more you know subtle but at the end of 2006 nothing was really happening so uh 2007 i kind of wanted to you know maybe just kind of regroup go back home race some wing wing stuff and i drove for a guy named gary perkins at the end of 07 uh is when keith coons was kind of struggling with his midget program and um, actually called me to come run Belleville, of all places. And so I basically fired off a, my, my second or third ever midget race was Belleville. Wow. We did good, and I, I kind of finished the year with Keith and then flying back and running uh, Gary Perkins' car. And then that's when Casey had an opening in 2008. And I remember at the end of 2007 getting the call from Willie Kane, and they hired me, and um, obviously that was a dream come true for me, and it kind of opened all the, the windows that you know I've been able to, to kind of get through now. So before Casey calls and, and Keith Coons, uh, as a struggling, wanting to be a major race car driver, what, what was life like outside of the race car? Like, where were you living? What yeah. were, you, were you trying to find sponsors? How was yeah, that? Yeah, so, I mean, honestly, the, the California gig I had was really good. Mm-hmm. It was just more of you were just going to be more of a at-home racer. Yeah. Um, Gary Perkins, he had a nice shop uh, with an apartment in it. I was just kind of living there, and me and Kyle Hurst were working on the working on the cars, and he was paying us to kind of work on the cars during the week and, you know, race on the weekends and, you know, just odds and end jobs, uh, you know, for whoever, just kind of everything involved yeah. in racing. Um, you know, I was actually pretty happy and pretty content. You know, I was back home kind of where I, you know, consider always my home to be is out in California. So um, I enjoyed it, but, you know, once the opportunity kind of, it was like one of those deals they say, you know, sometimes you have to take a step backwards to move forward. I felt like I kind of, like, gave up a little bit. Not gave up, but, like, was more settled with, okay, I can go home and be happier racing here than than trying to grind it out and, you know, not really make much money. Um, And then I I finally kind of got the break, and then obviously everything kind of opened up from there. So you started racing more with Casey, um, midgets and sprints, more USAC, right, non-win? Yeah, I was hired to drive the, the Mopar, you know, USAC midget and sprint car in 2008. And then uh, 2009, the Mopar deal went away. Uh, the economy kind of took a dump. And then we ran another year of, of non-wing, and, and we were trying to kind of get some uh, ARCA and some truck rides yeah. going. I uh, got a little bit going in 2009, and then and then 2010, we shifted more to the wing stuff. The non-wing stuff kind of, you know, I my passion was wing racing. Yeah. You know, they had Joey Saldana, and they were running for World of Outlaw Championships, mm-hmm. you know, com- competing for tons of wins. And it just made more sense to kind of, you know, to race on the dirt in the wing car. So we just kind of went more that route and then uh, raced some, some trucks for 2011 and 12 no 2010 and 11 was some truck races but not very many and then um still would do quite a few uh wing sprint cars and then um 
my last Xfinity race was the end of 13. The great, I lost the Great Clips sponsorship. They kind of wanted to shift mm-hmm. where they were going, and it just really didn't. Ha- I really didn't have anything there, and kind of had you know uh, been running the wing car, so it just made sense to to try you know going out on the World Outlaw Tour. So going back to the USAC days, you had some some big wins. You won at Eldora. Um, yeah, we won Belleville. Yeah, uh, Eldora. Knoxville. Yeah, yeah we kind of we kind of won most of the big races in the midgets um, there for a couple of years. We never did get Turkey Night, or I didn't. Um, Casey has a Turkey Night, but um, yeah, I never was able to win that. And and Chili Bowl probably are the the two biggest ones that we that we haven't got. But you know, um, we were yeah. we were we were very competitive um, and had a lot of fun. So when that that sponsorship kind of went away and you started racing more in NASCAR, was that? I mean, obviously, at the time, you probably thought maybe this is it, that I'm going to take my career, uh, the NASCAR route. I did the transition, and I didn't have much success. But talk about just going from racing um, a USAC sprint car midget to suddenly driving for a team where there's, you know, like it's just a, I mean, it's a whole different operation. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's just you're just, you're out of your element. Yeah. Um, you're out of what you've trained your hands and your mind and your body to to do for you know since you were a little kid I was Mm -hmm. racing on dirt and you know open wheel cars so um, I was just probably uncomfortable and lacked the experience to Mm -hmm. really you know I think that we just waited a little too long um, which I literally have zero regrets and and don't miss it at all I just felt like it was just a completely different discipline and I feel like if you were to train you know if I had a son or a daughter that wanted to race and their NASCAR was their aspiration I think I would have got to pavement a lot quicker um, just so that they could start to train their you know their hand-eye coordination and their their body to to drive a, a bigger car you know different discipline and you know I think that's all I lacked and felt like you know by the end of it I I could do it competitively but still just wasn't where I would want to yeah. be you know and every I think everything in racing is you know it's just like any other sport reps you know it's hard to get reps in racing you know without actually going out there and racing and yeah. a lot of times if you wreck you wreck out you miss out on lots of laps and things like that so just you know the NASCAR thing didn't work out and honestly I think it probably happened for a reason. I yeah. think I'm just a lot happier and in a much better spot uh, racing here. What were um, some of the things that maybe you struggled with in, in a stock car? I know for myself, I just wasn't used to such a big, heavy car around me. I, I liked the feel of something lighter and, and more horsepower. Yeah, I think just I think just the comfort level of, you know, trying to Every time that I think I was trying to go as fast, you know, I just couldn't quite get to the level I know I needed to get mm-hmm. to to be competitive. And I also think that a lot of, uh, you know, you need to relay information back to the crew, the crew chief, and to, to get your car to drive right. And it's the same here, but I just didn't have the experience to say the right things yeah. and, and focus on the right things until towards the end I started to get the cars to drive much better in the races and then you know it's obviously a lot easier but there was just sometimes we just weren't wouldn't get it right and then you just have horrible races and you kind of have what you have so um you know it was just a struggle it was um you know there was some good weeks and then there was a lot of bad weeks so it was just I really wasn't that happy doing it yeah I was gonna say what were some of the the perks maybe though of racing in NASCAR obviously there's more money that comes along with it yeah I mean I think the money side of it's probably what drives most people to it you know and I think that's you know, here you, you don't make as much money, but I think the racing's way more fun. I think it's, you know, just a different type of skill set. And you really, at the end of the day, the way NASCAR has gone, I don't think you're making a ton less money here anymore. Yeah. You know, I mean, you may not be as famous, but, you know, in our world, 
you know, we're, we're as famous as we want to be, for sure. Yeah. So while you were running trucks in the Xfinity Series, you were also running some wing sprint cars. Was that difficult to jump back and forth? Um, you know, we would try to run quite a bit of the trucks to, the, to Xfinity, you know, in one part of the season. Um, so I would kind of get done with that and then focus on the sprint car. But I got to the point where it really, there wasn't a huge transition, but... I still feel like to be competitive in either one, you really had to put 100% of your effort into either one. I either needed a full-time Xfinity ride or I needed, you know, to go run the World of Outlaws. Yeah. And obviously, um, I'm here running the World of Outlaws, and it's on my sixth season, and I'm, I've just gotten better every season. So it's just you learn stuff, you get experience, you just it starts to become, you know, just second nature. When the Great Clips sponsorship went away and you made the decision or it happened that you came back racing sprint cars, was there part of you that was disappointed or felt like you left something that you, you didn't, left something unfinished? Yeah, it definitely um, took a little bit of a toll on me. I felt um, like I, what, I didn't accomplish what I wanted, you know, kind of maybe like a little bit of a failure, but, um, you know, I was still really happy racing the sprint car, but it was like I'd, I'd kind of gotten to what I had dreamed about was NASCAR yeah. and then, you know, didn't make it, so to speak, but... You know, it's kind of like looking back, it was like those couple years, I was never really that happy. So, yeah. you know, now I'm here and it's like I'm just way happier in life and, you know, kind of see life differently. And it's almost like, yeah, I'm just kind of glad that happened like that. Yeah. So talk about your relationship with Casey. He's obviously done a ton for your racing career. I mean, your history goes back 10 or so years now. Um, but he obviously really believes in you. Like, not only is he a friend, but he yeah. has stuck behind you for a lot of years. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, he's obviously a great car owner, for, you know, and a great friend. But he's the guy type of guy that just believes in his drivers, you know. He, he believes you're going to get it. He knows that there's ups and downs. He knows that it's not as easy as what it looks like from the outside. And, you know, I think having an owner that's gone through the ups and downs of racing, he's just that much more you know, sympathetic towards you. Obviously, he's going to push you, and we want to get better, but I think he realizes that you're not just going to go out there and win every single race, and it's not going to go perfect. You know, it's a, you're always working, and, you know, I hope that he can be proud, you know, now, you know, all the time he's and effort and resources he's put into me that, you know, we're giving back and, and hopefully contending for these championships and, and winning more Knoxville Nationals and Kings Royals. You know, that's, that's his dream is to, you know, have the best sprint car team out there. So hopefully we're giving that to him. So you came back to race sprint cars full-time. That's been how many years now? Five? Four, uh, this is my sixth six year, six year on the World of Outlaw Tour. So talk about those first years back focusing just on sprint cars um, and, and living life back on the road again, literally on the road. Yeah, literally on the road. Um, yeah, the, the first year is just, I think, the Outlaw Tour, you need at least two seasons to really see where you're going to start shaking out. It's just there's so many different racetracks and so many different feels that you feel and you know, so many times that you miss the setup or you end up not doing, you know, not qualifying well because you weren't on the right part of the racetrack. There's just a lot of things that go into it and controlling the emotions, the ups and downs of, you know, a couple bad nights. And, you know, in those, those first couple of years, it was just, you know, it was a little bit of a, you know, just frustrating that we weren't getting the results that we, we knew we could. And then you'd win a couple and you'd feel like you're on top of the world. But we were just, we were just on a roller coaster ride and we didn't know how to, you know, adapt each and every night to, you know, we would think that one setup's just going to work, you know, everywhere. Or, you know, it worked one night, it should work the next night. We just weren't open-minded enough. And, you know, I think that just comes with experience. You just kind of start to understand what, what you need to look for in your race car. You keep an open mind and um, you, you start driving better. You start hitting your marks. You start getting your car better. And, you know, just everything kind of starts to get better. And, um, 
you know, I feel like this is obviously the best I've ever been. When you're going through times like in those first few years where you're just getting beat up and you're, how do you, how do you keep your emotions up? I mean, I did it for one year and I remember just sometimes <laughs> feeling like, man, I don't belong out here. Well, sometimes you go <laughs> drinking and sometimes you go lay in your hotel room or, you know, um, you know, I've kind of learned over the years that you, you need to, you know, have a little bit of separation from the race car at times. Um, I try to get home as much as possible. I think kind of having a, a little bit of a life outside of just the Outlaw Tour, you know, helps at times. So uh, I, I'm very, very much focused on, you know, if we do have three or four days off, getting home, spending that family time. And then I think that just, you're just that much more refreshed when you get to the racetrack. And, you know, I also know that there's going to be the down nights, but... You know, it's not the end of the world. You can just, if you just stay, keep your head up, that you can regroup and, and you can win the next night. That's what's great about dirt racing yeah. is we're racing literally night in and night out. You just you need to figure out why you had a bad night or, you know, what happened that night. So. What are some of the things that you think as a driver that you've improved upon since you came back to sprint car racing? I mean, right now you seem like you're certainly at the top of your game, but what are the what are some of the finer things as a driver? I think just hit my marks, you know, uh, the, the car just feels a lot more, you know, second nature to me. I think I can adapt when my car's off. I can figure out where it needs to be and how to run it to, you know, salvage a good finish or, you know, where I used to just the wheels would fall off, you know, so to speak. And, you know, just, just more mentally strong, you know, and um, just understanding all the aspects, you know, yeah. from how to restart to, you know, just put yourself in position, understanding bad air and, you know, just time trial and well like it's just a little bit of everything but I would say probably the biggest thing is just being more mentally and physically prepared you know studying the film and working out and just maybe just putting more into it you know yeah. and then and just really working on my race car just you know I know every aspect of of the car and me and really? the crew chief work you know hand in hand on every single thing we do there's no I don't just show up and just drive so when you get out of the car after hot laps and you're talking about setups, um, you're involved in making every decision on that. You don't just tell the, your crew chief that it feels tight here mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I absolutely don't tell him what to do, yeah. um, but I feel like we work together. And when we hired Eric, um, that was kind of the deal, is we were going to do the car together. It's, you know, I wouldn't say it's all his say and I wouldn't say it's all my say. Yeah. It's um, more of a team effort. You know, I mean, I'm the one that's in the car and I've got the experience and he's, you know, he's got to rely on me and, and there's times that I'm off a little and he needs, you know, I need to rely on him. Yeah. So we just try to, you know, if we're off a night, we really try to sit down and, and you know, pay attention. And we've gotten to the point where there's certain things you can look at and, you know, okay, that's where we're off, you know, and then yeah. we try to c come back and, and, you know, counter what, what our problem was. So um, we're, we're definitely just getting better at it, you know. Yeah, you two obviously seem to have something great going on. How important is that? I mean, you've probably been through a number of different crew chiefs, obviously, in different styles of cars you've driven. But that, that relationship with not only your crew chief, but your crew guys, too. Yeah, I think it's really important. And, and just one time, you know, a, a crew chief can maybe not drive with you but he can drive with, drive with another yeah. driver you know it's it's just hard to say you're always kind of searching for that that magic connection you know so to speak and me and eric you know kind of found that we we definitely you know he's all about sprint car racing and you know gives 110 percent effort all the time and um you know he's brings a lot to the table and and he's been fun to work with for me so um you know it's just a good connection right out of the gate you know he just 
went along with what we had. He didn't have all these preconceived ideas, and it has to be this way, and you know, and I and I don't have that either. So, you know, we we just keep an open mind every, each and every night, and, and try to follow what the car is telling us. You mentioned physical fitness is something you've really worked on. How do you do that when you're on the road? How do you keep up with it? Uh, you just you find gyms. You know, you just make it make it a priority. You know, it's instead of. You know, it's really easy to just go to the bar and belly up and, you know, have beers with the guys or, you know, on your off days or, you know, you, I just try to make a point to get up, find a gym. You Do know. you find a gym, like, in the local area? Yeah, I mean, there's Wise, and I'm a, I have a membership to Anytime Fitness, and I just try, you know, to... I feel like it just makes me feel a little better in the race car, yeah. and, and it just gives me something to do on the off days. Um, you know, I still have some fun along the way, but I just try to, you know, stay a little more focused that way. I know you guys work with the trainer, Ryan. Is that his, <laughs> yeah. his, his, does he give you workouts to do on the road, or is there a certain type of workout that you like to do? I've worked out pretty much my whole career, so I have a lot of different things, but you get a little bit limited when you're on the road. Um, I'm into biking, kind of. That's my probably my thing for cardio because uh, I can't run because I have a bad hip so I'll just try to find a gym with a bike basically and, and ride it for 30 minutes at least it's something you know yeah. um, there's always there's always stuff to do if you if you want to do it you'll figure out how to do it you can do burpees sit-ups push-ups in your yeah. hotel room you can do jump rope you can do you know you can find gyms you just you got to want to do it and yeah. for the first couple years um, once I got on the road I would never go do that you know and I just found that you know, that's a good vice to have, and it's. I think it helps with the racing, too. And you talked about being more mentally aware and watching video and stuff. And one thing that I know we've talked with you about it on our show and weekly show, um, focusing on running the bottom. And it's it's an art to do, and we've seen you do it recently, and it's, it's amazing. Is that something, I mean, obviously the car has to be there for you, but... I mean, it's kind of like magic with your your footwork, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's not just all about watching the video and saying that you're going to go run yeah. a certain line. I mean, you can want to. I think the main focus for me is just instead of worrying about where everybody else is running, just trying to get my car to drive in the lines that I want it to go. And and then running those lines to the point that you you come in and you're telling the crew chief how to get the car better, not really worried about you know, where everybody else is at or, or maybe a, a different line that's been faster. But we just try to stay focused on us, you know, yeah. and what what I want out of my car. And, um, you know, that seems to work for us. But, you know, watching videos and, and just seeing, you know, certain drivers do certain things, um, see, you know, how different racetracks change. You know, there's just there's a lot of stuff in dirt racing that just is, I always say it's the human element. You know, it's yeah. the, your eyes see it. Everyone sees it differently. Everyone reacts differently. And I feel like, you know, the more experience you get, the more video you watch, the more you just kind of are well-trained in what you're seeing. Where did you pick that up? I mean, obviously, everyone says that they want to do it, but a lot of people don't have that work ethic to really go to the gym to study the video. The, like, where where did, is it from Casey? Is it from, is it your own d d drive and determination? I think, it's, I mean, obviously, Casey gave me a great opportunity. Uh, I, have, I have crew guys that are working their butts off. I just don't want to let anybody down. You know, Napa's a great sponsor. But, I mean, even for me, it's just like this is my opportunity. You yeah. know, like, you only get to race for so long, and you only get to be in your prime for so long. I just want to make the best of it. You know, I don't I don't want to lose to Donnie Shots forever. You know, he's he will drive, you know, he's driven me to the point that I just I'm willing to push myself to the next level, you know, whatever that is. That's awesome. You won the 2018 Knoxville Nationals, the pinnacle of our sport. Um, talk about that week. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was super focused. Um, you know, I wanted to win that race just more than anything in the world at that point and 
Um, you know, just we had our car driving pretty good, but we weren't a hundred percent sure we were where we needed to be. Um, we went to the cappy and and we did a few things and weren't that great. And then we did the pole shuffle and and we really hit on something that was like like was it really a good. Set up something. Yeah, or, just yeah. just so we you know we had that pole shoot out. Nothing to really lose. Yeah, uh, nothing to Try gain. Something. We just tried a little something that we had thought about. Nothing big, but you know sometimes that's what it takes mm-hmm. to give the driver the feel that he's looking for. And you know and then we still had Oskaloosa and our prelim yeah. night, and we just fine tuned from there. And it was just kind of one of those weeks where. I was on my game, the car was on its game, our engines were running great, you know, just everything was just right where it needed to be, and we just executed. Yeah. We just did what we went there to do, we did what we were capable of, and, you know, when you win a race like that, I think it just elevates you to another level, it gives you confidence. You start to feel like, okay, we can, yeah. we can go out there and do this a lot more. You had, a, I forget how many laps there were to go, but you had a restart pretty late in the race. <laughs> Two to go. Green, yeah, okay. white, checkered. See, I thought it was pretty close. Um, <laughs> Talk about those laps. Like I can't even imagine as a driver the the nerves. The I, I swear you'd be I'd be hearing things like something was wrong. Like talk about just those last few laps. Yeah, I mean definitely nervous. Um, I knew I had to hit the bottom, you know, but we'd done it all week, so I kind of told myself in my head just, you know, basically, um, just run two qualifying laps. Just you know, like they don't have to be perfect, but just don't miss the bottom and. I, you know, I mean that was lap forty-eight or you know forty-nine and fifty of the, the the whole weekend, and you know I'd ran the cappy and the prelim night, you know, so we we'd done an awful lot of laps, and you know just kind of had a good feel for everything. So I just tried to go in there and not you know overthink it, basically. Yeah. Just tried to kind of go. I really didn't try to run a hundred percent. I just tried to make sure I didn't miss it, you yeah. know. And I could hear him out there, but I just kind of. For whatever reason, even watching it, I get more nervous watching it than I think I was in the car. I was just so focused, like, yeah. to do it. And then, um, obviously, I think I held my breath for those two laps. It just, yeah. you know, I think I was just kind of like, go. Oh. Yeah. And then I got to the checkered, and, you know, obviously it was just unbelievable feeling from that That's point on. I got the opportunity to watch the race, or, or some of it with your father. And I, yeah. I, I think he was probably as nervous or more than as you're describing watching the video. What was, uh, when you take the checkered flag at the Knoxville Nationals, like, they, the yellow lights come on. You know you've won it. Like what? What is that? It like? was as good as I would have imagined, or better. You know, it was just um, pure joy. You know, like just pure yeah. like relief. Like my name will always be on that trophy. That's what I want is just my name to be on that trophy forever. Like it's just it's our Super Bowl. It's you know like they can't take it away from you. So it was just it just meant a lot. You know, it was. Um, it was just so cool. Then I had all my family there and my daughter and my wife. So it's just, you know, like then you see the happiness on all their faces. And yeah. then, you know, then just celebrating with all the fans was just like, it was just one of those nights you couldn't draw it up any better. Now, did you go to sleep at all that <laughs> nope, night? No, did not go to sleep. <laughs> I didn't want the night to end. Um, I sang with Tim Duggar in the barn and experienced it with all the fans. I mean, that's what it's all about, Absolutely. I think. I mean. You know, I, I had so many fans come up, and I, I know my singing's horrible, and I was singing, and I couldn't even hear or anything, and <laughs> we were drinking heavily, and, and they're like, man, that was, you were, you're a great singer. I'm like, well, no, but it was a lot of fun, yes. <laughs> so we, we did have a lot of fun, and, um, you know, like I said, I, I just won't ever forget it. That's awesome. You mentioned your wife and daughter were there. You're a pretty new father. Um, talk about how fatherhood has changed you. What it's like to have a little one? Yeah, it's. I mean, obviously, you know, um, it's yeah. a. It's a definitely a life changer, uh, definitely for the better. Um, you know, just a lot more substance in your life, a lot mm-hmm. more. You know, just you know things that are you know fun and and you know I just she just is 
fun to go home and just see her, you yeah. know, and just play with her all day. So uh, it's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, it's a little challenging, obviously, uh, out on the road, but. You know, like I said, I try to get home as much as I can, and you know, when I'm out here, I try to just stay focused on the racing. I think it's just why I do better. Um, but we miss out on a little bit there, so you know, we're we're still trying to find our balance. But yeah. um, you know, it's it's been it's been a whole new uh, life journey, and it's been a lot of fun. Me and my wife, I think, are you know having a lot of fun with it for sure. Do you ever think you'll do the, the motorhome thing and have the gang on the road, or I don't think so. Um, I think we just will rent campers yeah. for the nationals and, you know, maybe some of the bigger races. I think that works better for us. Um, I just try to keep this as my job yeah. and that as my home life, and I think that just works better for me. I just, I can go to the gym. I can just stay more focused. Yeah. I, I know it's selfish sounding, but I just feel like I get a lot more out of, if I'm going to be gone, I want to be getting 110% out of me and not have to, you know, I'm not saying... It would be bad to be focused on them, but just when I'm out here, I like to stay real focused on the car, be involved in the, the maintenance of it, working on it, you know, just be around the guys, and then, you know, obviously working out and just, yeah. just try to be focused. No, I, I, I get that. <laughs> Having a little one myself, I don't think there's any way I could race and be... It's, it's, <laughs> Love them dearly, but it's a little distracting. It's just, yeah, it's just, it's just tough. It's a balance, and everybody yeah. does it different, and I don't think there's necessarily a right or a wrong for every other driver, but for myself, that works. Yeah. Is there any, um, or, what races are left on your bucket list that you haven't won yet? What are some of the big ones? Knoxville Nationals. You already got that one. What are the, another Kings one. Royal? Yeah, I mean, uh, I got one Kings yeah, Royal, but Kings Royal. obviously paying 175000 is going to yeah. make it a completely different element. Um, you know, to me, it's, you know, obviously that's huge. Um, you know, I think winning at Williams Grove, I think I'd be just happy to win any race at Williams Grove yeah. at this point. And a championship, you know. But you say it, it's like I just, I don't want to just win one of and be like, that was it. I want to win just a multiple. Like, I want to be on a run, you know. You want to be just, shots of Yeah, I just want to, I want to, you know, I've, I'm to the point I think this is, right where I want to be you know I want to I want to execute and capitalize on the you know the opportunity that I have here yeah where do you see yourself in five years still still doing this hopefully Hopefully, championships under your belt hopefully five-time Knoxville national champion (laughs) a couple Kings Royals and hopefully a couple championships and you know who knows from that point um you know, you, your family's getting older at home, and, you know, I don't know how long, you know, I'll want to be out here grinding it out, but, um, you know, right now I'm, I'm just, you know, super focused on, on, you know, the task at hand. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. We wish you the best of luck, and we certainly enjoy watching you race. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I love Brad's story. I've gotten the chance to know his father just a little bit. What a great family. Absolutely salt of the earth and really great that Aaron had the chance to sit down and catch up with him on Wing Nation Presents, presented by Drydeen DRF Racing Oils. With thousands of laps logged, Drydeen's DRF Racing Oils were built and proven on the track. And now they're ready for your race engine. DRF is engineered exclusively for high-horsepower racing engines that require maximum performance against the toughest competition. And DRF racing and braking oils are built with competition-grade ZDVP to protect critical engine components while boasting improved torque and horsepower and superior temperature reduction. To get DRF in your engine, go to drfracing.com or call 1-877-DRIVE.
Winged Nation presents, presented by Driving DRF Racing Oils. Still paying hundreds of dollars for prescription glasses? Let's change that. At Zenni.com, our factory direct model means no middlemen or outrageous markups. Just the same quality frames and lens options as the other guys for one-tenth the price. Zenni offers prescription glasses starting at $6.95, as well as affordable sunglasses, blue blockers, and more. The best part? Try any frame, anywhere, with our 3D virtual try-on. Visit Zenni.com today and change the way you buy glasses forever. Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com. 